0: Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Ronay. I'm your host, Fern Ronay, and this is the place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. Real quick, before we get started, if you enjoy reading about signs and if you enjoy fiction like Bridget Jones and Sex in the City, you might enjoy my books, Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. And if you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in Apple Podcasts and tell a friend too. Thank you so much for listening and on to the show. We know each other from uh wonderful Instagram. People can say whatever they want about social media, but I love it because I meet wonderful people like you. Um, and I remember you sent me a message and you had said that you had recommended my books um, to your uh, therapist and you had recommended my books and I couldn't think of a higher compliment. And we've corresponded over Instagram many times. And um, then you offered to do an energy clearing for me. So we met a few weeks ago and got to see each other's faces. And um, so I'm just so grateful to have met you. But I should now do the formal introduction, which is Dr. Catherine Andrews is a practicing psychotherapist who specializes in working with families who are experiencing illness, death, or other losses. She holds a doctorate from George Washington University and is a member of the Association for Death Education and Counseling and the Academy of Bereavement, as well as the American Counseling Association. So thank you for being here. How are you doing?
1: Thank you for having
0: me. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. So um, I've been crying the past few days, particularly reading my mother's midwife. Um, oh. But in a good way, like in such a cathartic way, I haven't cried in a while. I guess I haven't watched um, sad movies or, or things haven't come my way that have made me cry. And sometimes, you know, it's like, it's good to do. Um, definitely certainly. good to do, and it's yeah. been a full moon, and a full moon
1: is all about well moon's about emotions, but it's full moon is when people often find themselves to be extremely emotional and cry a lot.
0: oh, um, oh, interesting, yeah, one. yeah, that's so funny because I've been noticing the moon the past couple of mornings. it's been out in the morning um and then and that's significant to your mom and yeah it's a coincidence, but, um, Yeah, I noticed. Um, so we'll start with, um, so the, the two books are, um, The Power of a Butterfly and My Mother's Midwife, and the, the stories are that you, your dad, who sounds like such an indomitable spirit and architect who, until the very end, was designing a restaurant, um, he sounds amazing. He, was diagnosed with leukemia uh, at the same time that your sister was dealing with a brain tumor so your niece lived at your parents house um and was five when your dad passed and so you wrote the power of a butterfly which really is um the subtitle of how grieving children heal but it's um really an excellent guidebook for anyone who is experiencing an illness and impending death or other losses. Um, But this was your dissertation, wasn't it?
1: Yes. So I was getting a doctorate and my father had had leukemia for a while and it had shifted from chronic to um, acute. And so uh, things changed very rapidly. And when he died, I was in the process of trying to figure out what am I going to uh, write about for my dissertation and uh, when we were looking for resources to help my niece who basically had had her mom be sick and her grandfather who was very important to her because she lived with him uh, also be sick and die there was nothing there at that time for kids her age and mm-hmm. yet she was um, often sort of helping us you know she'd draw a drawing that was Drew a drawing of my father as an angel, and we hadn't really talked about angels. And she said, "You know, this is how grandfather is now." And she's, you know, smiled and ran off and played. And (laughs) like, okay, she's doing much better than we are, but she also seems to stay connected to him in a way that, you know, we were not uh, as able to do. So um, Mm -hmm. that's what I started studying was kids and their experiences and how if we allow them to, they uh, use their natural abilities to heal themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You're right. What, what death is to the caterpillar is life to the butterfly. Children know this. And it seems like she, yeah, she knew this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Was it, um, did you talk about your niece when you were defending your dissertation? I, it, You write in the beginning, you know, why am I qualified to Uh, write this and you explain the whole situation with your family but um, so when yeah did she come up was she she an example so she was um, I
1: wasn't allowed to use her as one of my um, Uh, research people because I'm related to her and it actually took two years to convince uh, the university that I would not harm children by talking to them (laughs) about the parent who died that I wouldn't be reminding them that their parent died
0: Um, right
1: and uh, so children were involved, but not her specifically. And then mm-hmm. when um, it I finished, I passed my dissertation. And at the meeting, as we were breaking up, one of the professors said, I want you to turn this dissertation into a book that will help mm-hmm. parents and people who work with children so they know what kids are experiencing and they know how to help them. And, nice. Um, so that's where this book came from.
0: And here it is. Nice. Isn't it interesting? This leads perfectly into the next book, how um, they had this perception that you would harm the children by talking about the parent that they lost, that the way we talk about death is, um, and the dying is so, it needs to change. There needs to be a shift. And I love that your, the book is called My Mother's Midwife. Um, and anyone who reads this book will appreciate that title. Um, and that you say this quote, there is no more no- noble, important work than to be with the dying until they are ready to go and to let them slip out of this life and what is waiting for them. My hope is that our society might embrace the dying as they have embraced those being born. So when people are pregnant, we have showers and there's Um, You know, wanting to kind of dote on the expectant mom and then there's what to expect when expecting when you're expecting, which I think is your book, um, what to expect when someone is dying, people should read your book because it really is a detailed timeline of your mom and what you went through um, and how you cared for her and slept on the floor. I think this would help someone who's about to go through this, you know, like when to call hospice. So I think your book is that book. And I think the message is so needed that yes, we dote on, on those about to enter life, but what about those that are leaving? They should get the same attention.
1: Um, Well, it would be wonderful if they could or if people weren't so scared when they find out that somebody they know is dying. And if you don't know what to say or what they need or how to help, then you just ask. Um, And sometimes they will know specific things that they would love or that you could do. And sometimes, you know, just asking is enough, just being with
0: them. So You give such good examples of what to um, give someone who, you know... Someone who might get a a terminal diagnosis isn't going to want to go shopping, but there are still things that they would need to be comfortable: Um, blankets. And and I love that your family—you sound like my family—always has games. Like there's Scrabble and (laughs) origami, and you're always doing something. That's us. We are such a game family. There's always a puzzle. No one can sit idle. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the the tips were. We're great can you talk about um from the moment your mom is diagnosed and she also sounds her father is a four-star general she sounds they're just so interesting your parents and your whole family um just about her and and the process um well so my
1: mother um was raised in a military family And so she is very, uh, I can, we can handle anything and we're just going to do this. And, you know, so that's kind of how she was. The rest of us were not so much that way. Father was an architect. (laughs) Um, so, uh, we followed her lead to some extent and sometimes we learned to override her, you know, and she said, Oh, I can go to a doctor by herself. And we were like, yeah, we'd really like to be there with you and support you. And then, you know, would you let us ask some questions too? So um it was something that we all literally figured out together. Um mm. And I think that keeping a sense of humor was really important. <laughs> and there were often, I mean, there were things this is not a funny time uh, Mm. but it it didn't need to be serious all the time I mean there were some critical things we were talking about but we could do it in a way that would make us laugh and there's so much you can't control when you are dying but you can control some things and you know you can say what you want in your obituary. You can say what you would like for a service or if you'd like, like you can do that. And as I mentioned in the book, my mother was saying, okay, you know, no boat with ties to my brother. And um, (laughs) I had to wear stockings and shoes with that. So it was like, these were things that were important to her. And of course that would make us laugh.
0: I love that after she passed, you had, and you did this with your father, you had a dinner they wouldn't have wanted. <laughs> so <you're, laughs> you, after your dad, you um, had pizza with toppings he hated, and your mom, you had, like, cereal, because she would never want that for a meal. <laughs> right. Which no, is a great way to... Way to... It's yeah.
1: hard to choose something, but yeah.
0: Right, <laughs> because she loved everything, right? Well, and also, too,
1: right when a person has has died, you don't really feel... Uh, that day, like eating a lot, you don't really have Mm an appetite, you don't want to, and yet you do need to have something. And so the idea of, okay, well, let's have something that won't remind us of this person because they would never Mm -hmm. have it um, on that day just seemed um, a little more palatable. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when it's their birthday, then you have things that, you know, they would have loved. And... You could imagine them enjoying it
0: with you. I love the story of the dream. I really, um, oh, I really lost it that, that story. Oh, um, can you can you describe it? The walking along the path. So my mother, um,
1: and perhaps because of some of the things that had happened when my father was dying, and then after he died, some she was convinced that I could tell her what would happen after she died and she um was religious and when she was well she went to church every sunday and everything but she wondered what would be next so she wasn't scared and she thought it would be fine but she wanted some details so I told her that I wasn't sure but that I thought that when people had been sick for a while the first thing that would happen is that they would be in a place where they would be taken care of um, and they would be just sort of um, cocooned for a while until they were back to full strength of the soul that they are and that you know uh, they could pick how they want to appear and then they go greet everyone who's already on the other side waiting for them. Mm -hmm. And that was when my mother said, well, I want to dress like that angel because it was getting to be Christmas and she had a little tiny Christmas angel. Um, And so I was like, okay, so uh, (laughs) you can have whatever you want. So uh, soon after she died, it wasn't that night, but maybe the next night uh, when I fell asleep, I had this dream, and in the dream, she was there, and we were walking, and it was very misty and dark and foggy, and it felt like we were on the edge of a mountain, just kind of on a twisty road. It was very, very unsettling and scary, and I'm like, "What? what is this? What are we doing? And she's like, well, you showed me what came first. I'm going to show you what comes next. And she's like, trust me. Mm-hmm. Do, but I'm also terrified like this is not my idea of a fun time and <laughs> she, trust me and uh, we rounded the corner and then it was just you know the fog lifted it was this incredibly beautiful bright sunny meadowy kind of place filled with flowers and just like everything that could feel light and bright and peaceful and incredible was there and she said, this is what comes next and I turned to look at her and then she was gone and then I woke up so
0: yeah oh I love it this is what comes next it's so um it was important for me to read that about um going through the fog and not and being scared because you can't see what comes next Mm -hmm. um but that's where faith comes in um yeah and and then Yeah, this is what comes next. Oh, incredible. What happened with her with the ALS, you described that um, a lot of times it's kind of, the she kind of did it in reverse, I guess people slowly their body shuts down. um, And it kind of, and then her, it kind of happened in reverse for her. So even to the end, she was able to, she could write and she could stand to go to the bathroom. I mean, she went like hours before she passed, right? She was standing. So it it happened a little different for her, right? But she was still able to tell you um, that Garrett was coming,
1: (laughs) right? Yes, yes, she was. Um, As you have mentioned, you seem to be a family who's always doing something. So (laughs) she was always, if she was sitting down, she was knitting. Um, And she had taught me when I was four years old how to knit so that when she wanted to be watching something and knitting, I would have the project too. Um, (laughs) And so uh, one time when my brother and his wife were sitting out in the kitchen, which was kind of around the corner from the room that my brother had turned the garage into for her, um, she pointed to the closet and I'm like, well, do you need something? And she's like nodded yes. And so I opened the closet and I started saying what was in there. And when I got to the knitting. She was like, yes. And I said, you're going to knit. Um, and she shook her head and no and laughed. And then she pointed to me and I said, I'm going to knit. And she nodded yes. And so like, what am I going to knit? And she wrote on a piece of paper um, something that looked like booties. And I'm like, I'm knitting booties. And she's <laughs> big smile. And she's nodding yes. And I'm like, Okay, and who needs me? She points to the kitchen and I'm like They need booties and she laughed again, and then she wrote Garrett on a piece of paper and at this point and she hadn't had anything to eat nor had no appetite and didn't want anything anymore and by eating I mean it was liquid it wasn't um, actual food and uh, she she uh, didn't she was like writing but it was very shaky and it was sometimes hard to read so i think it was garrett we couldn't really tell And i'm like okay well i'll knit <laughs> booties and then she made this sign of promise because she had learned some sign language to help with communication
0: Aww. yeah and i
1: was like yes i promise i'll make booties and, so and I, in the
0: kitchen was your brother and his wife yeah. like when she was pointing there yeah
1: and and so Anyway, I told them about it, and they just kind of laughed, and they're like, "Okay, well, as far as we know, nothing's happening." <laughs> like, okay, um, and so then, you know, um, she died, and they about a month later they went on a trip, and when they came back, they said, "Oh, we brought pictures of the trip, and in and the, and the pictures stuck in with a bunch of you know pictures of where they'd been was a sonogram." I was like, "What?" And they were like, "We guess this is Garrett, <laughs> because my sister in law was pregnant before my mother died, but they didn't know she was
0: wow, but my mom but she knew so. yeah, amazing, so were they planning on was Garrett like a family name or
1: so no um <laughs> but but here's the thing um when So, again, as I said, her handwriting was weird. And we have the piece of paper because we gave this to her daughter. Their daughter, when she was born, um, was named for my mom's mom. And her name actually is Charlotte. And as we're looking, they're like, we're naming her Charlotte. And I'm like, okay, but how does that? And we got out the piece of paper. And it's like, you know, it doesn't have all the letters of Charlotte. But if you hold it this way, you can see that Garrett – had the R's, the A's, that like it had, it sounds ridiculous maybe this way, but if you're looking at it, it's like, yeah, you could see that somebody who's kind of out of it and very weak, that could have been what they were writing. So,
0: right, you knew cool. it's incredible. So. It's incredible. You say, like, they might have crossed paths and only well, we coming and going.
1: <laughs> they probably did because we do yeah. believe in that. And actually, mm-hmm. my mother had a chair next to her bed, and when she was um towards the end my brother would come over and visit and before he would sit down he'd look at me and goes anyone sitting in the chair and I'm like very funny because when our <laughs> father was dying he would have conversations with people we couldn't see but people he oh. knew who had died and so um, yeah. brother was like is anyone here and I'm like well yeah sometimes her brother's here sometimes dad is here and he's like okay but so he got Aww. to the point where partly kidding but you yeah. know, <laughs> add a little levity but it was also like is it okay to sit down will I be sitting on anybody
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely I hear that a lot like as people are are leaving they, they have full on conversations yeah with those who've gone before. yep. I like it's comforting.
1: David Kessler had one of his books is, I, I can't remember, it's the Trips, Visions, Crowded Rooms, but the Crowded Rooms part is because people are being visited by other people. Yeah. They're, they're not, nobody ever dies alone.
0: Yes. Yes. So true. Um, So a couple of weeks ago, you graciously did uh, an energy clearing for me. And I loved it. And my husband wants to do it too. Um, and the way you described it was um, an energy clearing using the spiritual side of traditional Chinese medicine. So you said it's like acupuncture for the spirit. So I was like, sign me up. I'm open to anything. I've done stuff like this before. And I love it. Um, and so you um, were taught by Jean Hayner. So if, if anyone Googles her, they'll see like, the explanation is energy clearing is a subtle gentle way to release what has been holding you back to create infinite new possibilities for vitality and joy in life um so how did you you're obviously extremely well educated professional how did you find this to learn how to do it
1: um well given my specialty um i am just i'm sort of not terribly traditional and so Mm -hmm. i'm always open to learning about energy and anything that goes along with that and when my mother was a child because her father was um, in the marines they lived in china twice and Mm -hmm. so china is a big part of just kind of the culture of our family and a lot of the things Mm -hmm. in my grandparents house were from china and you know so and Mm -hmm. so and i haven't my mother's younger brother was uh, a Tai Chi teacher and Buddhist and, you know, like that has just been something that I've learned a lot about in my life just growing up. And (laughs) um, I don't remember exactly how I stumbled upon Gene Hainer's work, but it was really fascinating to me to learn about how your birthday and your face Mean something and that you are who you are for a reason and though I believe this it, it was nice to see some You know, here here's some Information that helps back that up. It's not just an idea and the energy clearing um, is Something that I have I've been interested in and then I had a friend who was learning it and she'd practice on me and I was like this is Really amazing and it's very subtle you don't feel anything you can talk while it's happening it's not like any other um, form of energy clearing I've experienced but Mm -hmm. it is um, incredibly effective at removing blocks if you're feeling stuck or helping you calm if you're very agitated, or just having things shift, and basically all you're doing is putting your system back into balance, so you are going with the flow of life again instead of mm-hmm. you know trying to go
0: upstream or
1: um, resisting
0: Resist. yeah, so I loved it, so you yeah, you needed my birthday, and we had to do it by skype, um, and I learned I'm a seven two one um and and did I misunderstand? So were you trained by, like, is the energy clearing different than what Jean, than what Jean does? Or you were trained, it's the same thing. No, you were trained. It, she, so um, generally, if someone were to go for a
1: personal energy clearing, you might, the, uh person who's doing it might want your birthday to just learn more about your own system. But generally, they're separate, like you could have a... Um, a face reading and a nine star key, which is what your birthday is um, sort of thing. And then you can also have the clearing. The clearing is something that uh, whether, you know, I can do for people and other people who know how to do this can do whether they know your birthday or they don't. Um, It's just a matter of um, sort of getting attuned to the other person's energy. And then you don't do anything. Thing, you're just being with the energy, and as you're being with the energy, it starts to shift and um so it is so simple and so mm-hmm. complex at the same time,
0: so yeah, because you it, were holding something that was kind of it it wasn't moving you weren't making it move it was it was responding to the energy right yeah, yeah. so it 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 um sort of
1: to the energy, but um. To, okay, so when you're using something, and this would be the same if people were looking for water, you know, using dowsing rods or whatever, you're tuning in by using something outside yourself to your own um, energy and intuition. So when you're um, doing any kind of you know, this particular kind of energy work, you are a- training your energy to the person you're working with and so what you're picking up on is what's going on for them and then you can use something um, a pendulum a dowsing rod um, different people use different kinds of things to then know in your head in your mind what's going on and when something's clear and when it's not because okay. our, our minds are often trying to You know, is this logical? Does this make sense? I'm not sure this is, you know. Yes. (laughs) And so using a tool outside yourself helps you sort of suspend that questioning so you can really be attuned to the energy.
0: Right. Do you... Do fellow therapists um, have you have you converted anyone, <laughs> or do you keep this part secret?
1: <laughs> um, most of uh, there are a few therapists who yes, they are very open to this, um, but many are not. But then also mm. they are they tend to do more traditional therapy, mm-hmm. and they also aren't working with people who are dying or grieving or you know. So it, it's very. Mm -hmm. kind of different my focus of the work and so
0: the tools that
1: i use are also a little different
0: right right oh i think i said mine was wrong too i think i'm a 712 because i specifically remember the two was the last one and i think that means um like i like i like having a partner like a partner it's important (laughs) to me yeah (laughs) Yes. Um so two is <laughs> back.
1: Two is earth and it's um it's a yin kind of earth and definitely a partner is um important and relationships for anyone who has earth in their birthday, relationships are very important. Connecting mm-hmm. with other people.
0: Yes. And I loved the minute you said seven, I was like, ah, oh, this is a recurring <laughs> figure in my life. <laughs> Seven is so a very important, important. Number seven, for you. it is, and and of course, reading your book, I know your dad passed on July seventh. Um, yeah, took that as a sign. Um, yep, yeah, it's, it keeps coming back to me. Um, can I ask what yours are? Is that personal? <laughs> um, it's
1: funny. Well, no, you can ask. I'm actually all. <laughs> earth. I'm I'm five two eight, so I'm all Earth, and I have the exact same numbers as my younger brother um and oh, we funny. are very different and so oh, it's funny. funny even when you have so the numbers do repeat every few years you know the numbers will come around again so it's not a unique thing um but uh you are the only person with your face and even if you're a twin one of you is the yang version one of you is the yin version mm. so mm-hmm. yes you have the same numbers but you don't have the exact same face and um, mm-hmm. so it how it plays out is is different. So
0: Yeah. And who would you um do you recommend everyone get this done? Like is it just something to do periodically, like kind of like Well, to the maybe way that, like acupuncture?
1: Well yes, it can be. So sometimes people want uh clearing because they're going through something and so you know that's mm-hmm. why sometimes people want acupuncture because oh I have really bad headaches and I you know um but sometimes people mm-hmm. just go to acupuncture because it helps them just feel good it's you know it, mm-hmm. and and so for this the clearing yes people do regular clearings um if people are going through something then sometimes they'll do it once a week and the only time you could do it more frequently than that is if someone is sick, then there there could be a different, it's still a clearing, but instead of the sort of full clearing, it's a very gentle clearing that is for mm. people who are, you know, sick and, and just need the energy cleared.
0: Have you um, done this for, for your knees,
1: for your family members? Yes, for some family members. Um and others are, you know, rather skeptical. And mm,
0: yeah, I got those too. <laughs> <It> <laughs> my depends. brothers a doctor, yeah. <laughs> it,
1: it depends, um, but it yeah. uh and I yeah, so I I do, I mean, everyone who knows me knows I I do this and and that I can okay. do it. Um, but not everybody. You know, it's sort of like my brother will call me um, and ask me a question about a sign or something. And then he's like, well, you know, because mm. you're the, the key is pretending he doesn't believe it, but he does. Everybody, <laughs> everybody notices. They all give me a hard time about it. But then, you know, mm-hmm. his wife will call and say, so I was on a plane and I got a message from your mom. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm uh-huh. the one.
0: Um, right <laughs> so they've all
1: become very much that way and when their children were little um their daughter this charlotte um looked out where my mother used to sit sometimes and my mother not been there her whole life and she's like that's um granny's favorite chair to sit in Aww. and it's looking out onto <sighs> a terrace and she was right and i'm like what and she goes I think granny likes to sit there like, oh. okay, that chair or just out there? And she goes, no, just that chair. That's her chair. Like, okay. Wow. So, wow. you know, it's hard to not believe anymore when your own children are
0: <laughs> pointing yeah. out things that
1: they have no way of knowing.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I know the feeling of being the weirdo in the family <laughs> and then slowly, slowly I'm turning them all. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, I know that feeling well.
1: Wow. Um, before we we started this call, I was <gasps> nervous. And um, my I heard my father, you know, saying, go get him, tiger. Um, because that would be what he would say when we were doing something that was out of our comfort zone. You know, put an arm yeah. around it and be like, you can do this. And then the timing of the full moon and how important the moon was. And it was an eclipse. Which is also the full moon eclipse was in the book too. Um, my brother and I reenacted it since my mother couldn't see it. Yes, and <laughs> and yeah. it all just happened this week, and here we are talking. So it's kind of like both yes. of my parents were saying this was a good thing to do. Oh, thank absolutely! You, thank you, you no coincidence doing this. No, no we have thing. so
0: much to. It's so funny when we talked, I I asked if you would do the podcast and, and you kind of kind of said like, you didn't know if you had had that much to talk about, but a lot of people come on and they have just one or two stories to share. And I was like, we're not going to have enough time, but I did good. I was like, I had my eye on the clock the whole time. Um, I was like, I know we're going to go over, but we're, we're doing good. Um, Because you have so much to talk about. You have so much to, to teach and share. And I, and yeah I was afraid this was going to go on for two hours like when I was talking to you and you were doing my clearing I was like oh my god I can't believe I just talked for an hour straight um and it went so fast but you're um you have there's so much you have to offer and so much great knowledge and great stories and I'm just so thankful that you did this and I can't wait to tell everyone about your books because I know that there are so many people that could benefit from them um and and could be helped by them and really comforted so I'm so glad you did this you I I know your books are available on Amazon you don't seem like because you're just like a nice normal person who's just you don't seem like the type that's like follow me on social media because this is the part where I usually say where can everyone find you but you're not like that but if somebody wanted to No, so I'm not
1: really like that, Um I'm not really – I don't have a website. I don't really have a um, a presence on social media. Uh, I follow people, and I I certainly, you know um, – yeah, I, I do that for other people, but I don't do that really for me, and so um, I don't know how people would find me. But, yeah. I mean, I do have – if anyone is interested, I do have an email Um and uh, and so you know sometimes that's what people do. And then when people are interested in anything that I do, then I like to talk to them first and make sure that they, you know, I really am the person they're looking for
0: before you
1: know I would work with them just because. Right. Yeah. What
0: is your email?
1: Um, it's drcatandrews at gmail dot com. And doctor is just okay. dr and Dr.
0: Cat okay. okay, so if I were to put it in the show notes, that's okay. okay. If someone wanted to, oh sure, see if that they could work be. with you. Okay, and I'll put the links to your to both your books too. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough. Thank well, you thank so much. You much. I appreciate it, and I'm so happy we're connected, and I'm very grateful. And there's no doubt that the coincidences of this week and for telling you this was absolutely the right thing to do. And I'm so glad you did it because I know you can help a lot of people even beyond what you are already doing. So thank you and enjoy the rest of your day. You do too. Thank you so much for listening to Signs from the Other Side. You can find me, Fern Rone, on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y. I love hearing from you and I love hearing your stories of signs. And if you would like to hear more episodes of this show, please be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Thank you again and sweet dreams.